0: The Final Whistle with Austin
1: O'Callaghan
2: This is The Final Whistle on Ocean FM A new chairman, an operating loss of €103,000 A return to under 18 for minor football And the granny rule in GAA Could it work? begs think it might. We'll tackle some of the key talking points from this year's Donegal GAA convention. Leitrim's convention is in session as we speak in on Shannon. We'll bring you news from there that emerges over the next hour. Hello and welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan and here's how you can get in touch. 083 3500 530 by text or by WhatsApp. Sport at OceanFM.ie is the email address and you'll find us on Twitter right now at OceanFM Sport. Also coming up, Glencar Manor's Conor Dolan on why he's stepping back from Leitrim at county level in the new year and it looks like Michael Murphy will have a championship role after all in 2023. The recently retired Donegal senior football captain was announced today as part of the new GAA Go presentation team for its new online streaming coverage of the 2023 GAA championships. Murphy's going to form part of the football punditry team alongside Kerry's Marco Shea and former Dublin footballer Paddy Andrews and Andrews. The new streaming coverage will be presented by well-known TG Cahar, GA broadcaster Gronya McIlwain, as GAA Go properly dips into the domestic Irish broadcasting market now. It's going to show 22 games from the Sam Maguire Cup, 9 Lee McCarthy Cup and 7 Talton Cup games exclusively live streaming on GEGO next season. Fans will be able to access 38 live or on-demand games in HD quality for a special price of €59 Euro for a season pass up until the end of this year. Then it'll increase to €79. Euro. You'll find more info about the pricing on OceanFM.ie this evening. We're going to start, though, with off-the-field matters in Donegal. St. Eunan's clubman Fergus McGee was elected as Donegal GA's new chairperson at last night's annual convention in Letterkenny. McGee edged past Buncranna's Paul McGonagall in a closely-fought election, 87 votes to 77 and he succeeds Ballyshannon's Mick McGrath who has st- st- stepped down after five years in the role. Now McGrath will continue to sit on the county committee as children's officer. Fiona Shields from Gales was elected as the new county PRO. She succeeds Bondoran's John McEniff who steps down after four years in that post. The end of year accounts were presented to convention and they reveal an operating loss for the past 12 months of 133000 Euro and sixty one hundred and thirty three thousand and sixty three Euro uh, for the past twelve months. Total income for the year showed a significant increase from one point zero eight million in twenty twenty one to one point five nine million this year. Expenditure this year was almost double that of twelve months ago, jumping from seven hundred and sixty one thousand Euro last year to one point seven million. This year. More on that anon, but let's hear from some of the new and departing County Board officers now, starting with the new Chairperson, Fergus McGee. You may recognise his voice. From the public address systems at either McCool Park or O'Donnell Park for various club and county championship games in Chirconnell, he spoke to Ocean FM Sport shortly after his election,
0: four maybe five months ago, under uh, O'Donnell Park. after I would do the announcing at the games, and uh, after one of the games, a, a gentleman approached me and he asked me, he says, "Would you be interested in, uh, you know, going for a county chairman?" And I said, "Not at all," you know, and that's that's where I thought it was. But then a few more people started approaching me, and a few clubs started I started getting a few phone calls. I looked at. Uh, I retired from my work. I, I travelled for 35 years. I worked in sales and marketing uh, for 35 years. I was always GA was my sort of escape, if you know what I mean. But it was mainly in administration that I wasn't that I was involved promoting the culture, promoting the language, and. Uh, doing the announcing at the games and stuff like that there and I would have been PRO and club level at different times and assistant secretary, all those sorts of jobs. Uh, at national level, I would have worked in Caution the Gael again in Crow Park and I would have been secretary of the Ulster Score Committee for a period of about six years and uh, I would have uh, been involved just at, at the moment. In fact, I was the Ulster Council delegate and I would be the chairperson of the Irish Language Committee in Ulster as well. So primarily, it would have been uh, culture and language would be the two main things that I'd be sort of dri- driving forward over the years. But I also did the announcement of the Games for the past number of years, and uh, I got a great, a great enjoyment out of that. But I looked at... I retired last year, like I say, from the work, and I thought, well, now I'm in a position to actually do something, you know, that would be maybe a bit more concrete. And when I seen then I was getting a bit of support, there was obviously then... A Contest started to emerge, and I'm glad if I'm glad there was a contest, and Paul McGonigal was a very, very worthy opponent. Like you know, an ex uh, inter-county footballer for Donegal and a man who is uh, very experienced as well. And you saw yourself how tight the vote was. In the end of the day, it was certainly only ten votes between us. But you know to be chairman of Donegal is uh, something that I'm very very proud of there was a man and I did mention him earlier on there tonight he was a guy called Cormac McGill Cormac was a very very proud Donegal man who lived in Leitrim he was a very very good friend of mine as well and uh, he used to write in the paper The and, uh, Follower The Follower of course yeah and he used to write in the paper and he would always talk about the good ship that goes off a little bit but it was always taken back on course you know and I have no no doubt in my mind that the job of chairman is very, very challenging. But I'm up for it. But my own view on being a chairman is no different to when I was working in sales and marketing as a director and stuff like that. It's all about, I think, us and it's about the people that are around you. It's about the supports that you have. And in Donegal I think we have a lot of very, very experienced uh, people on the county executive at the moment and on the county board. You heard some of it yeah. in here tonight. You heard the, the types of questioning that was, the, 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 that was going on there.
2: Well, on that, just to To use the analogy of your good late friend Cormac McGill as the new captain of the good ship Donegal you come from the St Unions club here in the one of the biggest urban centres in Donegal a proud club at the top of the tree a lot of the discussion tonight was about the challenges for the small rural GA populations in Donegal There's a body of work there.
0: There's a body of work there, and it's not alone in Donegal. I mean, if you look, and I mean, I've been involved in Ulster for some years now as well. And there's, as, as everyone knows, there's a there's a shift from from west to east. That's the first thing. That's happening right across the island, right from Ulster, going across. You know, they're they're going to the big centres like Belfast and stuff like that. Outside of that, they're moving the people who are staying in the west of Ireland or in the Midlands. They're moving into the large urban centres. There's definitely a challenge there for uh, the, the small rural clubs. There's a challenge there for our language. There's a, language, there's a challenge there for our culture. But the GAA, uh, in my in my memory, uh, you know, and my experience, is it finds a way of dealing with these things, you know what I mean? And there was talk there tonight as well about maybe there's 40 clubs in Donegal now. Will there always be 40 clubs? I would like to think there will be. Because you'll always find a way. Where well, there's a will, there's a way, you know. And it's no more than being chairman now of, of the county board. It's, it's, a, it's a huge body of work there from the side of finance, from the side of all of the legislation, all that's coming down the line, et cetera. But with the right people around you, and in my previous, in my working life, I always found that you can, you can lead people... But, you know, it's not, it's not to dictate to people, but if you put the right people doing the right thing, and I always believe that we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, and if you get the right people who have the right strengths and put them in the right position where they can utilize those strengths fundraising I wouldn't sell a ticket if you if you paid me I would be no good at that but I know people who are and I'll be approaching those people to see and I think the other big thing for any county uh, it's, there's so many challenges there now with the GPA for example the charter and it's great I think it's very important that players are looked after in both football and Hurling I think it's very important that they're looked after well but there's there's a cost associated with that. And there are people who know how to fundraise and if we could get some form of a sort of a steady stream income. If you look at clubs they typically have two big things going for them, some of them do the bingo, some of them do the lotto. County boards typically don't do that. So it's to find some way and I don't know what it is, but I'll be looking to find people who can help me to do that.
2: What might a successful five-year tenure for Fergus McGee look like at the head of Donegal? Is it going to be trophies, titles, medals on the table, or something more nuanced than that? No, for for me, success is, of course, it's very important to have
0: success on the field of play. And Donegal has not been short on success in recent times. I mean, <clears throat> what happens, I think, in, in a place like Donegal going back, and I remember the time when getting to an Ulster final was a pretty big deal, like, you know, you look at the past number of years, how many Ulster finals have we been in, you know? We have been at the very top of the tree on a couple of occasions as well by one in the All-Ireland. For me, though, the GAA is the centre of the community, it's the it's the it's our culture. It's our language. It's who we are. I think you know what I mean. And I think that there are other sports out there, and anyone that's playing any sport, I think it's brilliant. But the GA, the big difference between the GA and other sports, I believe, is that we've we've got football and we've got hurling, we've got handball, we've got all those things, those field sports, for want of a better word. But we've also got our language and our culture. And I think if you do that, and it's all community based, and I've seen so many many times. Especially when maybe a tragedy or something like that happens, I've seen how the GA people rally around. During the COVID times, how the GA clubs helped the elderly people that were in their homes. To have that community spirit, that, that culture, that, and all tied into our language as well, and of course our games. And our games, I think, are at a, at a good place now. Uh, they're changing. The, some people say it's hard to watch Gaelic football sometimes. Some people say that I think there are changes coming there too. New managers come up with new ideas. To, you know, the, 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 these things work themselves out. But, yeah, it'll be a mixture of all of the above. And, yes, it would be nice to see a few trophies on the table at the same time. Awesome, yeah.
2: OK, this is outgoing Donegal GA uh, chairman Mick McGrath. Mick, you're free.
3: Well, I don't know if I'm free, but um, I'm I'm finished in the chair anyway, and uh, it's been a it's been a good journey. It's been a tough and challenging time, but it's uh, um, I'm I'm glad I've got I got through the five years. How will you look back on your five years? Well, I suppose um, there's been progress, uh, which which was difficult through with the COVID in our in our midst as well in that five year period, and um, uh, I think we won two Ulster titles. We could have maybe possibly won another one or two. Um, but you have to be satisfied when you look back historically and look at that, what we've done in five years we've won two and um, I think there's a really young team there we've appointed a new manager um, I would thank Declan Boner for all he did with, with our team right through from under 16s right through to seniors he worked with them you know, and he's a great guy and uh, it wasn't that he wasn't challenging he was challenging he was difficult at times but uh, he knew where he, where, the white line where it was with me and I knew where the white line was with him and that's a w- good way to describe the relationship I suppose uh, we have a new man in now um, and we'll work you know that the incoming chairman can, and, the, and the committee the main officers can work with him and, and have the same challenges, I suppose. And I hope we don't go back to having a challenge as, as serious as we had with COVID, which was just uh, you could not envisage what it brought. and I, uh, I spoke about it in depth tonight you know about, about how difficult it was for our complete nation and never and the, and the world. Um, and it was uh, we think we're out of it now which we're not but we've got accustomed to it and and there's a lot more i suppose um, remedies and medications there to assist us uh, recover from it when we pick it up Um, and people have become more cautious and, and, and that but but overall I think the opening of our our new centre uh, at Conway was a huge step forward for our county in general.
2: Do you think this can still be a voluntary job, Mick, being chairman? I mean, the the nature, the scale, the scope of the job in this day and age?
3: Well, I think it's very, very important that we keep all the main main officers and all the officerships uh, of our county board voluntary. I think that there there has to be a review on um, our overall management structure of uh, the the volume of um, income versus expenditure and we had 1.5 Million income and 1.7 million um, expenditure uh, th- this year, and for a voluntary um, treasurer to be operating in that is, is basically just bookkeeping for the uh, for our auditor. We've also appointed an audit and risk. Committee to look at, to, you know, to, to, to look at all avenues around income and expenditure, and all avenues of what we're spending, and are we are we behaving correctly within the whole structure of the finances? Um, most of all, all our tickets now are on, on under a universal system, um, being sold online, and we're getting closer and closer into a cashless society. So the world is changing, and the association has to change with it. And um, we might not always agree with things that are changing, but we have to move on with the majority and the democracy that's there. So it's it's very very important that we. Um, uh, take breath every now and then and look at why we're changing and is it good for the association and, and can we work around something rather than speak against it and look positively at things um, I, I think the, uh, there, there, is, there is talk in, within Croke Park levels at the moment that counties will appoint an operations manager but uh, the salary to pay that guy and uh, does he have to earn his own salary before he starts bringing in the, the, the income so there, there's a lot, lot of debate to take there but that's what's good thing about the administration within the GAU you, you, you've got so many different spokes to it
2: I don't know if the outgoing chairman finally passes on notes to the incoming chair, but for Fergus McGee, are there any tips or advice you'd have for him about the nature of the Donegal GHA role?
3: Yeah, when somebody starts shouting at you, agree with them and walk away from them. Uh, <laughs> that's the best thing to do. And uh, when you come back, then tell them you didn't agree with them. So, but uh, no, no point having a Remain as positive as you can at all stages, and, and take people when they're general, when 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 they are upset after matches or after whatever. Um, you, you, you've got to don't challenge them don't go back fighting with them You know, try to keep everybody on board and you'll get respect for that um, you don't always have to agree with them but people do get angry with certain things and there's people angry within some of the rules at the moment some of the ways we've changed and we're going, you heard the debates there tonight about the age grades and all that and people were very very passionate about some of the areas around that so we have to listen to them and uh, work within the, the uniformity of what, what, we're, what we're all about
2: and you're still part of the furniture on county committee you're children's officer again?
3: Yes indeed, I'm down at a smaller seat but, um, and I'll enjoy that I think because I worked there before for numerous years and I enjoy working with the youth and I think they're very very important I think the the, 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 um, the, the child protection is also there to protect the coach and the club as well so that, that, that a code of behaviour is operating within the club for parents and for uh, people that shout at officials and stuff like that you know it's, uh, it's important that it's clear to them every year not just once every five years uh, you know I did say that tonight that it's important that we, we send that message out clearly and that the children that we're bringing through um, it's explained to them what, what is the code of behaviour what, what is acceptable and more importantly what's not acceptable and, and let's get everybody having fun in the games
2: This is Fiona Shields, the new Donegal GAA PRO. Was this an ambition of yours?
4: Not initially it wasn't. Um, I've been involved in the GA for a long number of years. Um, I've been club secretary since 2009. I've probably been involved a hell of a lot longer than that, but it's a new challenge for me. I sort of feel that the job I'm doing, I could do it with my eyes closed. And I was just looking for a new challenge, and I'm delighted to grasp it now. And but
2: the and for people who don't know you that well, you are a passionate Donegal woman.
4: I'm a passionate Donegal woman with her roots in Meath. And, um, but I'm very passionate about Donegal football. Yeah. And um, I have been since I came here, probably back in 1995. I've always followed the Donegal team. And um, I'm just I'm delighted to be there, to put a positive face now on, on Donegal GA.
2: And the profile of your own club has grown year on year on year. It we notice that around the county, across all levels. I, I'm sure your handiwork is in behind that in some shape or form.
4: Well, I don't, I don't like to take the glory for that. There's a lot of good people working there. But, you know, I suppose every club needs leaders. And we just want to lead out and give put our best foot forward and a positive foot forward and we try to do that as a club in bringing up young people getting young people involved in our games and you know year on year we are getting more young people involved and you know it's great to see it's great to see young people playing our games and enjoying our games
2: are you looking forward to dealing with the media
4: I'm looking forward to dealing with the media. I have a lot of good contacts in there already from my time on the fixtures committee and different things that I was involved in. I know a lot of the local media very well and, you know, I already have a good relationship with them and I hope to carry that on. And and you know this county is so big, it attracts a lot of media attention, but is that part of the excitement of this role? It is, and, you know, we've, we've got a lot of negative attention on social media in recent years and I wanted I'm not going to say that I'll get rid of that but you know I'd like to see that change where there's a a positive positivity about Donegal football going forward and I think we're going to get that positivity on the field so we'll get the positivity into our committees and we'll get positivity coming back through social media and through the the news media and everything else so looking looking forward to the task at hand
2: that's Fiona Shields of Fanagales, the new Donegal G-A-A-P-R-O. A few motions, as you heard there last night, generated considerable debate. And we're going to take a look at a couple of them right now. Beginning with her proposal from Killy Beggs, which called for underage players to be allowed to play for the club where their grandparents came from if they moved to another club area. This would be their first club. And the motion read like this. A person seeking to become a member of the association shall be restricted to joining a club in the catchment area of his permanent residence or a club which he has a relevant connection to. And the relevant connection is explained like this in two parts. A, a sibling of the player in question is already registered and is currently eligible to play in official competitions for the club which the player wishes to become a member of. Or B, that the parents... Or of either uh, pair, that the parents or grandparents of the member were at the time of his birth resident in the catchment area of the club, which the player wishes to become a member of. Are you still with me? Well, here's Killy Beggs' Ed Byrne to explain the rationale behind this motion.
1: Currently in Donegal there are no catchment areas or boundaries and that's to be voted on in January. The current bylaw that sits there mentions catchment areas but as I said they're not in place as yet. One of the biggest disagreements with, between clubs is where their boundaries are and is there a connection and time and time again I've heard of county committees, clubs saying if a person has a relevant connection in particular to our own club Um, it would have been said, we don't mind anyone from Killybegs playing for Killybegs. However, there must be a relevant connection. So the only way to have a relevant connection is put it in writing. And we went back to having the parent of the parents. Rather than having the parent of the child, it was the grandparent or parents. Now, people referred to it as different things tonight and said, it's in keeping with rule. And why is it important? The shift in people, the shift in where people live. You have large urban areas beginning to grow more and more in Donegal, the likes of Bala Buffet, the likes of Letterkenny, indeed Killybegs itself, mm. Dunlough, all these areas where rural clubs, rural clubs have nowhere... Uh, for social housing, service sites, any of these places okay. are all in the hard so, areas. Okay, so
2: what you're proposing? And let you, you correct okay. me if I'm wrong here. If I'm a six seven year old club taking up a six seven year old taking up Gaelic games in Killybegs, my granddad is from Kilcar, and there's a connection in the house to Kilcar, and maybe I'd like to play for Kilcar, the club my granddad played for me. Your yeah. proposal is that. I should be able to play for Kilcar even though I might be based like, at Killybegs. Yes,
1: yes. And the simple thing of it is if we want to keep rural clubs alive, look, and all you have to do is look at the stats in this county on regular, on regularizations where we take in clubs uh, players from smaller clubs to play for Killybegs. We're providing them with football, but we already have adequate numbers. But we're providing football Community in the GA isn't just about the community you live in. The community in the GA is about the whole of the GAA nationally. We are one big organisation and one big community. And getting down to the finer details, you're quite right. Look at it this way. If social housing, for example, is built in Killybegs, where there's plans for 17 of them, and they come from the neighbouring towns, which covers five clubs or villages, where no social housing has been built, They would currently, under our bylaw, have to play for Beggs. Now, Beggs could have 30 to 32, maybe even 35 players at that age group. Our neighbouring clubs may only have 11, 12 or maybe only 15 and they're not able to field a team. And yet here they are with somebody who has a relevant connection, living three or four miles down the road, but our current bylaw doesn't allow them to play for that club. The argument was put on the floor and I take what you've said that some bigger
2: stronger clubs might take advantage of this rule which people interpret as the granny rule you may not agree with that title but in a soccer parlance Tony Cascarino had no Irish connection but his granny was from County Wicklow and he was able to play for the Republic of Ireland in you know breaking yeah. that down to a, a, at a club level is there not a danger that maybe some of the bigger clubs might come in and pick some of the best players from the rural clubs under this in a granny
1: rule listen there's a way around all of the rules and I go back to one thing and I said at that convention tonight and I want to be very clear on what I'm saying I'm not familiar with the granny rule I'm a GA person so I'm not familiar with that rule and I hate to see people referring to the GA moving more and more to different associations we're our own association we make decisions ourselves and you know it's sad to think that people will try, say, we're moving towards other associations when nothing could be further from the truth. The grassroots make the votes at club, at convention, at Congress. That's who make them. Um, And going back to your question, the larger clubs poach them. If you have a relevant connection in a club and you are living, again, I'll go back to it, you're from Kilcar and you want to move, or sorry, your house is in Killybegs your father is playing for Kilcar, well, then he can't play for them. Your child can't because they're living in Killybegs, who would be deemed to be the bigger club. Our proposal gave the option of the child being able to go back to the club where he's able to field, where that club can field the team. Will the larger clubs? Of course they will. But we've seen over the years where we've had our regulation states and our bylaw state that you can have uh, a residence, a transfer, with a residency after three months. It's not hard to get a residency for three months and transfer to that club. They don't need this bylaw to do that. They already can. But a child can't do it. It only applies to adults. So an adult in Donegal has the option to move to whatever club he likes. But a child hasn't the option, he has to play in the club where his parent lives. And circumstances dictate, not every parent lives in the area of the family's traditional club. We think back to one thing, AIB's advertisement, one club, one life. The current bylaw we have does not allow for that. It takes the child out of that club. One thing I think almost every
2: de- delegate did agree ha- on here tonight was that rural clubs are under pressure in terms of population and the changing yep. demographic. You feel quite strongly that this rule, had it been passed tonight, in a small way, would have helped tackle yep.
1: that issue. Well, l- look, at, look, at the na- look at where Donegal plans County Council building their, ta- their social housing. This is from their website. This is their plan. Donegal Town, Letterkenny, Lifford, Ruffo, Buncrana, Carndona, uh, Bundorn, Dunlow, Dunfanahy, Killebeggs and St Johnson. So well over two to maybe three hundred houses. We have three villages in the whole county of Donegal mentioned. Lahie, Ballantra and Creesla Fifteen houses in four years. That's an indication of how populations will move because if there is no social housing being built and even private houses again, they have to be built in serviced areas and one of the biggest things that the government have done which to me is anti-rural is introduce these one-off once housing only or these rural housing laws that they're bringing in and you go for planning and it has to be very much a relevant connection in the area before you get to live in it And that's stopping people from being able to build back in rural Ireland. And the councils are building in towns. How are rural clubs going to stay going? Like I said when I said it tonight, made it clear to you, made it clear to Convention, it won't be long till we will see the GA and the small villages go in the way of the local shop, the post offices and the Garda stations. We will see amalgamations and it's coming down the line.
2: That's Killy Beggs's Ed Byrne, who proposed last night's grandparents' rule amendment to the first club rule, which proposes that a player could play for the club uh, of his grandparents. That would would be deemed a relevant connection. How did the vote go? Well, it won a majority vote last night, despite uh, arguments from both sides of the House. The uh, motion won 54% of the vote on the floor at the Mount Arrigal last night but by rule it needed to win 60% of the vote to be carried and so the motion of Beggs fell short uh, by that 6 percentage points last night at convention. One rule which did get through related to the underage grading structures of underage competitions it was the final motion of the night and the proposal came from Ardra. The proposal that each county should decide the age group for its underage competitions and specifically our drag called for the restoration of the even age group competitions i.e. under 16 and under 18 for minor with no decoupling uh, proviso included here. And what decoupling means that if you are 17 or 18 and you're in the minor group you are deemed too young to play in adult competitions That uh, amendment was deemed impractical for many rural clubs and the proposal by Ardra was carried last night. Here is our club chairman, John McConnell, who proposed the motion.
5: Well, listen, Austin, I mean, this has been a hot potato this last number of years. You know, we could see this before it even happened. You know, in Donegal, to be fair to Donegal clubs, we were never in favour of going back to the 17, 15, 13, so on. And it has come to pass now that, you know, there have been so many players lost to clubs that, it's, it's been a disaster, you know, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's vital. I know there's, there's a lot of counties probably feeling the same way about, that we do about it, you know, so it's vital that it's changed back, Austin, because, I mean, it's only fast-tracking kids to retirement, and, and, and I mean, it's... it's yeah. Yeah.
2: Can you just elaborate what you mean by that? You, you don't want the under-18 age group decoupled because you want to be able to give players the chance to play reserve Absolutely. or other levels, that this is what keeps guys involved
5: in a rural club. Exactly, I mean, you know, the, the GA have really lost the dressing room on this one, as I said earlier on, Austin. Um, you know, they, they're coming back out of motions now or proposals that you know that you can you can will will we'll put the minor back to eighteen but you can't play adult football, which is gonna be a disaster, particularly for rural clubs. As I said earlier on, you know, I mean at least when you get them to eighteen if they're able to you're able to streamline them into a senior team or a reserve team or a third team, you know, at least they're getting in there, they get in the habit of playing with experienced players and enjoying it. And um, the fear is that if it does go back to eighteen but they decouple that they can't play adult football, we're gonna lose even more players.
2: The theory behind the decoupling was to try and protect young players that they're not playing too much adult football too soon, but you're, in your mind, there's a balance to be struck here.
5: There's a balance to be struck here, Austin. I mean, it's, that's fine for the big town clubs. I mean, there's no problem there for the big town clubs. I come, I come from a rural club. You know, we're traditionally one of the strongest clubs in the county. Our numbers are going down every year. You know, people are moving to urban areas, and we're only one example of a number of clubs in the county. And I mean, if we, if, if we, if, to be honest with you, Austin, if the decoupled minor, they will probably be better off even the way it is because it's going to do more damage if it's not if they don't find a happy balance there. You know.
2: Last question: Is there a danger that? The minor age group could turn into a bit of a mess nationally if some counties are going under 18, some go under 17,
5: and if central direction doesn't come from Crow Park one way or the other, there probably is. There's, there's a risk of that, Austin. You know, but I mean, prior to this happening, this rule was taken in. This, as I said earlier on, I remember this rule was taken in, and the main reasons behind it was, was to make to be make it handier for fixture makers, and to, to protect the elite player. Now, the elite player no more than the county senior footballer is only two or three percent of all players Austin. And we're talking about the young fella that's gonna be there for either our or or whoever else, for the you know, the, the ordinary club player, this is more important than anybody really, because that's the fellas they're the fellas that are there every day and keeping the clubs going, you know. And we can't afford to lose anymore. As I made the point early on, I mean it changed to other seventeen last year. We lost eight players in that age group that didn't kick a ball since because it didn't go to minor, because they didn't play under-18, you know, and I mean, we just can't go on like that.
2: So a return of under-18 in Donegal is good news for our drive.
5: Well, it's good news, but I mean, it won't, obviously, Austin, it's, it's, an, it's a matter for National Congress now, you know, so I mean, it's, and God knows what's going to come out of that, because really, as I said earlier on, they've lost the dressing on this one.
2: That's John McConnell, chairperson of our drive club, after the final motion of the night was passed. Donegal is going to revert to under 18 for minor and that's the mandate that its delegates will take to both annual Congress and to Central Council. That confirmed last night at County Convention. Well, Leitrim GA Convention is underway as we speak uh, tonight in the Bush Hotel in Carrick-on-Shannon. If we get any news of that before we finish, we will bring it to you. In the meantime, Leitrim Senior Football Manager Andy Mourne continues to fine-tune his squad for the new season and the new year, which will begin on the 6th of January with an FBD game in the Dome against Galway on a Friday night for the Leitrim men. They will be without their captain last season and David Bruin, who's away on a year's travelling. And Glencar Manor Hamilton's Conor Dolan is stepping away from the county scene as well in 2023. He's been talking about that decision with John Lynch.
6: Last year, I suppose, was quite a difficult year in the sense that, um, you know, it was brilliant having a new management team coming in and all that. And, uh, you know, real positivity around the place, really good. Um, And I suppose for myself... Uh, I, I missed a lot of time, um, wasn't available for selection for a few games. I was fortunate enough to get back in playing a few championship games. But um, after, I suppose, the, the load of, of getting ready for them games and and then participating in them, uh, it put my body, I suppose, under a lot of, of pressure. And um, afterwards, the pain, I suppose, especially was was quite severe. And um, I suppose just came to the decision at the end of the year uh, and had a chat with the lads. That um, you know it was probably best just uh, for the long term uh, betterment of my body, just to, to step away from from the intercounty level at the moment.
0: And it's all in connection with a long term hip injury, Connor?
6: Yeah, it's, it's what you call a, a hip impingement, where um, basically the the ball uh, doesn't fit uh, exactly into the socket, and um, you know surgery is is an option in that area. But um, people tend to say that it can be a, quite a tricky one that. Um, you know, you might be as well try and stay away from it um, in some cases. So, look, I suppose for myself, um, I, I, I want to be playing as much football as I can and play as much into, into my uh, career as I can. And just um, with, with the load of, of inter-county, it's very hard uh, to do that. So, um, look, I'm going to try and look after it as best I can over the next uh, few months and see um, how much I can get playing.
0: So, at the minute, the plan would be, obviously, it's going to rule you out of the Inter-County season, it seems, for 2023. Would you be hoping to feature and play some part in the club championship with Glen Carman or Hamilton?
6: Yeah, well, that that's the plan, I suppose. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working fairly hard at the minute over, over the winter to... Um, and I suppose, build up around uh, the area and, and have my body in, in the best uh, way possible for the club season. And um, I'd be, you know, extremely hopeful that I can uh, get a full club campaign uh, under me uh, in the coming year.
2: Which would be good news for Glen Carr Manor if he can get back to full fitness. That's Connor Dolan in conversation this week with John Lynch. Big basketball game in the Mercy College gym in Sligo this Saturday night in the Men's Super League. Aegis Sligo All-Stars host DBS ENA at 7.30, buoyed by their big win over one of the stellar teams of the Super League, Neptune of Cork. They went to Leaside last weekend and won by 87 points to 82 here is head coach Shinamara on the All-Stars ambitions this season
7: our goal is obviously to stay up that was our original goal and we had earmarked a few games where we thought we'd get our wins you know to be sure to stay up Um, given our trajectory you'd hope that if we can continue on the way we are we'll be making the playoffs and that's that's our really that's our goal at the moment now is to focus in on that and maybe figure out you know there are a couple of teams like St. Vincent seems to be our bogey team at the moment we've got one more game against them and I think if we can get a win against teams like that, uh, teams that we'd actually hoped that we would have uh, taken a win off at the start of the season, uh, we'd be in playoff contention. And, okay. You know, anything can happen after that point because we've proven now that we can compete with the likes of Neptune, Star of the Sea, Aina, you know, Tempelogue, those teams who were, I suppose, would have been more classified as favorites at the start of the season.
2: And without getting carried away, but I think you're entitled to look up as well as look down. How, how yeah. many teams make the playoffs at the end of the season?
7: Will there be four teams from each conference? Okay, we'll
2: go forward. Yeah. So, so if you can finish in the top four in the Northern Conference, that's you into the playoffs in theory. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And right now you are fourth, along with Cholesterol DBSN, and I, I know that's a long way to go, and that's. uh But it's it, yeah. it, it's nice to feel you're competitive. I'm sure.
7: Yeah, and you know it's great for the lads because I think. You know, I'm sure if they were, to be honest, a few of them would have had reservations about going Super League in their own minds. Like, you know, Would we actually be able to compete at that level? Because yeah, they hadn't played... You know, the likes of Washington Key and Keane obviously played against all those Neptune guys coming up. Um, but Neptune have been... You know, they've been promoted a number of years ahead of us. And, you know, you're playing against these guys who are international standards players and as, as senior internationals. And I suppose they have to... you know. It wouldn't be human if they didn't question whether they were capable of stepping up that level again. Um, but I think they've answered that question for themselves, and hopefully, it just leaves them hungrier to, you know, to, as, as their career goes on, that they'll actually, you know, these guys are still relatively young in basketball terms. That you know, by the time they're in their late twenties, that they'll they'll play with that little bit more composure and, and self belief as well, and that, that they have the talent anyway. Yeah. So no, we're, we're very happy where we're at, um, and. You know, you you have to be proud of the lads that they've continued to grow as a group. You know, it's been fantastic the last few weeks.
2: You've had a good look around the league this season now. You know, you you've played most of the teams. You still got to play Golan Marie, but standard-wise, ability-wise, you know, I know you've said the Saint Vincent's have been the bogey team so far for the All Stars. But it, there's not—is there anything out there that that would you know unnerve you, scare you in terms of what the All Stars can achieve this season?
7: Um. I suppose the, the biggest struggle we've had is, to, is as I said, there was with Saint Vincent and and UCD Marion. that they have similar type uh, point guards and uh, they're just really really quick um smaller smaller guys that we've struggled to contain. I suppose and uh, it'll just be interesting to see how, how they've managed against other teams or how other teams defend against them. Uh, we, we that's one thing we have to figure out for ourselves, and I think once we we can do that. Um, I think we can match up with anybody out there being honest, you know, Um, and I know that in the likes of Greg, we have a a pro there, an American there that every team fears, and I don't know if there's any player in the league that would be more feared than Greg, to be honest, so that, that gives us
2: confidence in itself. And next Saturday, you host DBS Aina at the Mercy College gym, a team you beat at the beginning of the season. So they may have designs on exacting revenge when they come to to Sligo. I think Jim Lawler is building extra seats to pack them, rack them and stack, and stack them for next Saturday's home game. But it will be a useful measuring stick for you in terms of what response they bring to Sligo yeah. next Saturday.
7: Yeah, Aina are really in good form. They, they beat uh, Neptune last week in the Cup. In Neptune as well, and it was a very tight affair too. So we know that, regardless of of our own form, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. and um, are very very deep, and uh, they can beat you in a number of different ways. We we, we really caught them by, by surprise. I think the start of the season, um, we played out of our skins, and I suppose that result comes with the caveat that Greg had a forty point game that night. So we we have to find, you know, that's not going to happen every night. So we have to find, uh, you know, a little bit more. From other guys next Saturday
2: night, and I'm sure that will happen. Hopefully, that's EGS Ligo like All Stars head coach Shane O'Mara. Tickets for Saturday's game at home to Ena, seven thirty tip off, on sale now online. Look for the EGS Ligo All Stars social media platforms. A reminder: this program is available as a podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Ocean FM Ireland to find it. We're back next week with our final program of 2022. Same time, same place.